Hey everybody, hey, it's Danny. Hey guys, it's Shreya. We are back for another installment of Whiskey and Wine. So pour yourself a glass of something, dark. We have a really <laughs> interesting and intimate episode planned for you. That's right. Today we dare to get a little closer, and I can't wait to see how this all plays out. Yep. Pull up a chair and don't be shy, y'all. We're getting into intimacy today with some quality social experimenting. And you guys should know, I'm just the guinea pig for the job. In this series, we are talking all about relationships, but this isn't just about the quantity of relationships we have in our lives. At the crux of all of this, what we really want is to be loved and to love in return. It's true, guys. At the end of the day, quality relationships in your family, platonically, and love are really they're our greatest asset. Listen, I, I agree with you both. But the real question is, how do we get there? And how do we get into the deep end of relationships? Therein lies the mystery, my friend. But I'm pretty sure it has something to do with vulnerability and, hmm, I'm thinking about a word and it's it's right on the tip of my tongue. Girl, are you talking about the word of the day? <laughs> Dang it, Drea. You always know how to read my mind. Snatch it right on out. Got him. Today's word of the day is intimacy. Intimacy is a noun that means a close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person or group. I picked this word today because that's what this episode is about. And a lot of times there's some misconceptions about what intimacy really is. And a lot of people feel like it's strictly sexual. Well, let me shed some light on it with a really awesome sentence. Come on now. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> yep. Maybe it's not that awesome, but whatever. <laughs> Even though my boyfriend and I talk all the time, I feel like our relationship lacks intimacy. Hashtag, I feel so lonely. So lonely inside. So okay, guys, it's time to spin the bottle. Let's do it. Okay, guys, so normally we have new topics on the wheel every episode, but since we're only doing one spin, we decided to keep the wheel the same for wine and whiskey. In our last episodes, the bottle landed on black cinema and unsolicited relationship advice. And then there were four. Here are the categories for the week. Do-over. Things we would do if we had another chance. Currently crushing. A survey of things that are currently giving us all the feels. For nostalgia's sake. Thinking about the good old days. I feel away because you know what it is. Currently, Currently crushing. crushing. Ugh, I, love I love this, this one. one. Oh my goodness. Oh, look at Jinx. that. See, oh I still don't have We're that. We're so connected. I don't have, I'm not that in sync. I didn't know she was going to say that. Maybe I should so just connected. let y'all have that. Mm. Listen, it's a, it's a special. It is a special you bond. Gotta, come on, you got to try He's getting there though. We're we're we're, sure. we're fine. I think this the flow thing. is. I think it's also like here. so high pitched. Like he doesn't really know where to jump in. I don't. Currently <laughs> crushing. Currently crushing. You know, what like, he doesn't. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't want to clash. No. Anyway. So you were pretty excited about your currently crushing, Danielle. Why don't you go first? Okay. <laughs> I. Okay. I'm ready for this. I'm, I'm so really I'm like I'm two seconds away from buying a teacup piggy. They're little pigs guys that are very very tiny 
and they are the most adorable things ever. I think I want one so bad. I love pigs. It's the most adorable thing. I want a pink one with a blue bow tie. <laughs> like, mm, you don't understand. Wait, I just, mm, if you guys just saw the pictures, <laughs> I want to buy one oh. and they're hypoallergenic. Oh, oh my man. gosh, are you kidding me, guys? Look oh, at this. Man. Look at this. They're hypoallergenic. They're cleaner than dogs. They are cleaner than dogs. Oh man! It's mm-hmm. the most adorable thing ever. I think you I'm gonna buy. That face right now, I think I'm gonna buy a teacup piggy. <laughs> so here's the thing: I also me? love pigs, and Jared and I talked about this. And when I say Jared and oh I talked God, about I it, that it. means he said we are not getting a damn pig. <laughs> but you tried. <laughs> but listen, so I read a little bit more about these teacup pigs, and a lot of them are not actually teacup pigs. They're just very small and cute. And what happens is you buy them, and they begin to and expand then they become a hog. So, all right, there. Sorry, not their horizons. They, they become a full size pig. Their apartment yeah. or home, and those teacup pigs no longer teacup. become full size hogs. hogs. They become babies. They become babies. Um, also, they're super smart, like smarter than dogs. They are, and so you have to do a lot to keep them entertained. But they are exceptionally. But apparently, cute. they like blankets and playpens. They. Pigs I've heard and kids. Blanket. Oh I've heard gosh. that kids make really good. <laughs> I can't even. They're amazing. And when you pets. get hungry, I want one so just... bad. That's awful. We have to play on that. You said they love blankets, and I'm like, how pigs on, in a blanket? You, you just walk right and in. And you probably would be like, look at my little piggy in a and blanket. And I'd be like, look at that bacon. <laughs> I want one with a bow tie so bad. They are super, super cute. I agree <sighs> with you. Okay, that's what I'm currently crushing on. Oh, okay. man. You walk up in here with a pig. Listen. Oh, my God. I would pick it up and love it. Yeah, you would. <laughs> Yeah, oh my like, god, look at this little dog. <laughs> I couldn't do the, the little oink noise. They were so, oh god, so cute. They'd probably make a cute little noise, though, I ain't gonna lie. They would. Yeah. All right. What's the word, Brandon? What's the word? Man, a friend of mine introduced me to coconut oil in your coffee. I love coffee. I love coffee with uh, French vanilla, mm, mm. hazelnut. Um, and okay. listen, they got the coconut uh, mocha macchiato at Starbucks that I was. I was had it up for like maybe the last four months um but this thing where all you add is the coconut oil you don't need no sugar no creamer it has health health benefits to it you can look it up but that's what i'm currently crushing on is coconut oil in my coffee sounds delightful it does not sounds oily oh it's uh, actually really hen- really sounds good slick <laughs> <laughs> oil down your throat like i'm about to drink oil some down your throat <laughs> I'm not lotion. It's so funny because coconut oil has, you can be used in so many ways. You can put it on totally. your hair. You can put it on your skin. You can cook with it. You can put it in your coffee. I'm like, coconut oil, you do it all, boo. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> coconut healing. oil, you do it, it is all. She's the real MVP. She is oh, the real wait. MVP. Come through. What's up, Coco? <laughs> what's up, coconut? Yes, what's Dre up, Day? Coco? But I have seen and heard a lot of people, especially people who are like paleo. Yeah, really into coconut oil in the sure. coffee. I wasn't aware that it tasted good. I thought it was something that people just did for like. I loved health. it. I but loved you were really it. Into the coconut it. came through, and I was just like, "Man, mm. okay, all right, all right." That's so intriguing. It is. Hmm. It's new. Maybe I'll try some because I do love coffee as there well. There you go. See, this, this I'm, well, crushing paid off. I'm not afraid to try. What am I currently crushing on? This one's hard because I tend to find something and obsess about it and I don't think I'm super obsessed with anything right now I have been watching the defiant ones mm. so damn good man it's so just damn good. so 
great. Masterful storytelling. I've never, I've never really cared very much about Dr. Dre and who's the other guy? How dare you? Eminem? Everybody cares about Dr. Dre. <laughs> no, not everybody cares about Dr. Dre. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just me. Uh-uh. The, um, Jimmy Iovine. Yeah, Jimmy Iovine. Sure, 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 sure. But sure. once I started to see the story unfold, and I mean, I've heard his name so many times, and I kind of had an idea of who he was. It was mm-hmm. so interesting that one of our, I work for a nonprofit, and one of our major donors is um, Steve Berman, and I was like, very interesting to see him on TV talking yeah. about Dr. Dre. Just would have never, so never. Cool. <laughs> I was like, huh. But um, yeah, so much inspiration in how they put their story together. There were a lot of there were a few moments that I wanted them to go a little bit deeper. But obviously, these are two very private men. Yes. And yeah. So I I saw some flaws in the documentary as far as like connecting. Um, I didn't know Jimmy Iovine was so friendly with Suge Knight. I was like, who is friendly with Suge Knight? I also did not know that the record label. Like that, they actually bailed Tupac out of jail, and right. it wasn't Suge Knight. I didn't, but I should have put two and two together. I mean, Suge Knight didn't have millions hanging around like that, million dollars hanging around like that. We don't know what Suge was doing. Okay, nobody true. knew what to expect. It's true. It was a mystery. Uh, there was a lot of really cool things that I learned just by watching that, and I loved how just Dr. Dre being on the West Coast and Jimmy Iovine being on the East Coast, and then like hustling their way through the music industry mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty dope and then it was pretty fascinating to see just the dumb blind luck that some of them hit like this, some of it Whoa. it was definitely tenacity it was a lot of things but like you talk about timing and just and just like good the freaking fortune sure. yeah like just the people you you know he stumbled just the upon great and, people well, yeah. who was his first person John Lennon John Lennon I was like that's insane yeah. that's just Jimmy I mean walks yeah. into the studio day one and yeah. it's John Lennon yeah, and then his first big project was boosting scene, boosting yeah. like scene, so, <laughs> like houseway, houseway. Uh, but but please, I just really need for everybody to really. You don't have to love Dr. Dre, but you have to respect Dr. Dre. Like he sure. really put West Coast rap on the map, on like the map straight for up. Sure. Yeah, that is our like that was like the beginning of our sound. And I just as a California girl, man, I just that's all that Cali love. I've never really appreciated because uh, the boys in the hood like are always hard. <laughs> what NWA? Ugh, I love it all. Uh, one of my favorite things about that show was learning that they just like didn't know what the heck they were doing so good right and they were just like oh kind of like us <laughs> they teach you how to rap like just crazy just kind of no like clue. you and me like learned how to here. produce learn that's I was crazy like, you know what you better start somewhere so anyway yeah that's kind of what i'm currently crushing on i've been watching like the last episode the last uh i guess installation oh and also uh, hey times. for all of you ladies out there that are married to bona fide geniuses like bona fide y'all are the real mvps because oh. It's uh-huh. listen, no to have a it's man a with that kind of, and there. they both they both talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like to have that man, like that kind of man with that level of intensity and drive and like mm-hmm. passion and nuance. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of sacrifices that you make as a wife. Absolutely, you know. Um, Absolutely. So, shout out to Nicole and Jimmy Ivian's first wife, and then Miss Liberty, who ended up being his second wife. Y'all holding it down for the men's. Okay, guys, let's dive into the topic at hand, intimacy. See, most of us think that we know a thing or two about what it means to make a friend, to get closer to someone, to learn about their hopes and dreams and even their biggest fears. But as you all know, learning is fun, demental, 
and it's one of our all-time favorite things it's true as you guys all know i really love to read and one of my favorite weekly traditions is reading modern love essays in the new york times a while back i stumbled upon an essay titled to fall in love with anyone do this this um, article went super viral and it really intrigued me the author of the piece was fresh out of a heartbreak just like me and was grappling to find an intellectual way to make sense of what she was experiencing emotionally and her story got me thinking is there a systematic way that we can go about fostering intimacy uh maybe this will help me do it better the second time now let me fill in with a little bit of color the premise of the article was based on a psychological study by dr author Aaron, where he succeeded in making two people fall in love by following his mythology. Picture this. A heterosexual man and woman enter the lab through separate doors. They sit face to face and answer a series of 36 increasingly personal questions. Then they stare silently into each other's eyes for 240 seconds. That's four minutes, you guys. The most tantalizing detail, six months later, two participants were married to each other they invited the entire lab to the ceremony so the author who stumbled upon the study decided to conduct her own version of the experiment and two years later she's still with the guy and very much in love which was the topic of the modern love article so this is where we come in Dre and I decided why not us so we're conducting our own little trial of this and we're going to report back to you with our findings. Hashtag social experiment. I'm going to be on Tinder, trying to see if I can find the love of my life. I'm just kidding. I'm going to be doing it with my husband. <laughs> She's going to be doing it with her husband. I'm going to be doing it with an anonymous man selected by one of our biggest fans. Thanks, Brandy Girl. And you guys will be hearing feedback throughout the episode on how well Drea and I fared as we conducted this experiment. Now listen, this is going to be so good. And the emphasis here is less on falling in love and more on determining how we go about becoming intimate with one another and the barriers we face to have real intimacy in our relationships. Now let's dive into the convo. Okay. Intimacy. What do you guys think it is and what do you think it isn't? Into me, see. Mm. Into me, see. It's just, it's so, just deep. so deep. <laughs> Listen, we're now finishing each other's sentences. It's true. I know intimacy is not just sex. Sure. Actually, it you can have sex with no in, You can actually have sex with no intimacy. And you whatsoever. can have intimacy with no sex. And you can have intimacy with no sex. And, and everyone does what they want to do. I don't know. I don't yeah. know where I was going. I don't know where I was going with that, but I thought, mm, yeah, everyone has a choice. Absolutely. When I think intimacy, I think the major things that have to be at play for real intimacy to be fostered sure. is openness and vulnerability and then a trust. Mm -hmm. Because there are levels to this thing and allowing someone to see you is scary sometimes. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're bouncing back from a disappointment, it's even mm -hmm. harder to do that the second time or the right. third time. Right. Um, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like when you think about intimacy and putting yourself in a space where you're exposed. Um, yeah, a lot of people, I think the misconception, the big misconception is that it has to do with sex, that it has to do with yeah. 
chemistry and it has to do with, you know, if I do this and if I do that, and I think there are things we can do to create uh, an atmosphere where intimacy can can thrive. But I think it's more so allowing yourself to be in that moment and experience life with somebody and let it end up like I think that's intimacy as well is experiencing life with somebody. Sure. I was reading a really cool article in Psychology Today and um, the byline was um, intimacy is the art of relationship. And it talked Mm. about how increasingly over time Mm -hmm. with technology, social media, divorce rates going up, changing ideas about marriage, um, particularly in romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. real intimacy is is suffering in a very big way. So lots of couples are, whether they're together or, um, you know, as boyfriend and girlfriend are married, are together mm-hmm. but they're not connecting they're not intimate. and they're very lonely sure. and isolated in their relationships yeah um why do you think that is i think there are a lot of factors i do think with the advent of so much technology and all the information that is so readily at our fingers it is challenging to focus and to put your attention on one person um but also there are personal things that come up in our daily lives, daily experiences yeah. where we just sometimes you're not connecting with yourself. Like you don't even know what's happening with you. Um, sometimes you've experienced things from your past that you're bringing with you. And when you bring all of that to a relationship and there's not really um, there's not deep questioning or not like a a space where you feel safe enough to kind of share what's going on in your head and heart, then those things I, I think hinder intimacy and hinder connection. But to your point about just like where we are today and the culture of today, like we just, we have so much available to us yeah, to mm-hmm. pay attention to. And we have so many just new, there's always something new. There's always something shiny there's always something to entertain us and it's just easy to not have intimacy with people and almost um there's almost a sense of just relief where you don't have to connect on that deep level because you don't know how good it feels to really connect on that deep level and it's exhausting because it can be tiring it takes a lot well you now you're now you're talking about breaking down walls that have been built up for years yeah right and that's the hard thing it's I just it's easier to build that wall up than it is to tear it down like it in, in emotionally sure because it's 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 solidified it's you know what I'm saying yeah and I think when I when I think about intimacy in the conversation we're having and I think about what's happening in the masculine space for men there's a there's two voices there's a voice in the household that's telling us what it means to be a man mm-hmm. and then there's the world telling us what it means to be a man and the majority of the time that voice is not allowing men to experience intimacy on a real level it's you have to meet this way of being or else you're weak and so the association with intimacy and being vulnerable with weakness has caused a lot of men to shut down and, and be quiet as opposed to allowing themselves to feel and be in the moment, whether it's a moment with their kids, you know, um, an example of this is my dad and I, when we get on the phone, or we had a conversation a while back, and I'll use it as a brief example. We had a conversation a while back, I was like, dad, just when we got the phone, just say, I love you. 
He's like, hey, listen, man, Brandon, you know, listen, Alexander, man, we don't say that to each other. I was like, well, why not? He was like, well, it's just never, it's always been that way. Your grandfather never said it to me. You know, I mean, you know, I, you know, I love you. And that's where he got me. It was like, I, okay, it's cool that I know it, but I would love to hear you say it. Mm-hmm. Just say, I love you. You know, it was almost like pulling teeth to just have him say mm-hmm. something, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To say, I love you. So even still to this day, 20 plus years later, his 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 get off the phone is hey man let me let me call you right back and it's like dead so i just think that's so much conditioning over time of him not knowing because he you know we're not in each other's lives like that and for him to not be able to say to me okay see you later or we'll talk soon or i love you as a as a closing out i can just see that the intimacy thing for him is not something he's ready to step into Mm -hmm. and i have to be okay with accepting the fact he may never change yeah. So I think we're dealing with an epidemic in the when it comes to our men of redefining what it means to be intimate through redefining what it means to be a man and understanding that vulnerability equals power, not weakness. Hmm. That's a powerful example. It really is. It happens to so many people. Um, and it affects me. Like, And I think other men have things that affect them too. It may not be the same example of that. Sure. But that, that lack of intimacy in my relationship with my dad starts to show up in my relationships right Mm -hmm. now it could be it's a ripple effect it's a ripple effect but what i found is is that instead of closing off like he does i almost sometimes yearn for in my relationship for that person then to give me what dad's not giving me so that's i think that's how it shows up romantically Mm -hmm. and sometimes i think that can kind of muddle the intimacy in the relationship because it's not coming from a, a good place. It's coming from a place of wanting something, you know, as opposed to, okay, here I am present. Part of that intimacy, though, would be for me to sit down with my partner and say to them, hey, listen, my dad doesn't give me this, and I know how it's showing up in my life. Just be aware of that and, and just kind of be with me here in this process as I work through the desire for affirmation the desire for hearing i love you the desire for hearing i'm proud of you it's not an easy conversation to have it's definitely not easy it's definitely not easy it's not but um it's it's something to work on it's definitely something we all need to work on and it's interesting because it seems to me and you know this is just a personal a personal uh perception or thought um I have um, I'm really close with my family. Yeah, I have amazing female friendships and mm-hmm. male friendships that are platonic. Where I tend to struggle is in the romantic intimacy part of things, mm-hmm. and I think part of that is attributed to the fact that I'm a little bit of a late bloomer, and mm-hmm. and got started to the the love party late. And it's in, it's weird intimacy in a lot of ways. Um, can be counterintuitive when you've been hurt very deeply if yes. that makes sense yeah. so in yeah. so you know if you're if you touch a stove and you burn your hand mm-hmm. you tell yourself okay i burned my hand don't i don't touch again. a hot stove anymore right. right so it's very you know when you when your feelings are in something and you get your heart broken or something happens like that mm-hmm. romantically i think the first time is different what i'm noticing is trying to fall in love or be in a relationship the second time mm-hmm. is proving to be much more challenging for me for because sure. the conditioning is yeah you don't put yourself out there in that way sure to be that vulnerable and sure. to and to let yourself get hurt you have to you know take care of you mm-hmm. there is wisdom in extending but 
it, it's it's the one thing you can't really you can't work your way through it mentally and that's sure. really tough for me and you can't plan for what another sure. person is going to do yeah. so what's required is just trusting yourself slowly learning to trust the person and then showing up and then opening yourself up to be hurt again sure and that for me is that's tough that it's tough I'm, yeah. I'm definitely challenged in it and, and learning to try to work my way through that what I'm finding is um, and what you're saying is so I see it everywhere now in relationships and I'm starting to have a better understanding of how when they say hurt people hurt people so if I'm not able to deal with my emotions and come to you in, in, in an open and honest space and then I, and then I hurt you now you're, you're hurt is is not that I intentionally meant to hurt you, but my not willingness to open up and my not willingness to, to love on you or to affirm you or to give you the things that you were asking for in the relationship, mm-hmm. which are fair to ask for. If you're asking me for physical touch or you're asking me for words of affirmation, but I, I don't know how to give them to you, it's going to affect you in a negative way. That's right. Right? And then you see what happens is that person then now has built up either another wall or it's like, I think what needs to start happening is what we're doing now and having these open conversations and dialogue. And it's not that you need to always go to a couples therapist. It's just like with your friends, like, yo, are you sitting down and are and asking them, are you having, you know, an open conversation and dialogue in your relationship? How are you doing? And are you sharing how you're doing with your partner? Right. A lot of the men in my life right now have challenged me to just be honest they're like, just tell her how you're feeling without the fear of how she's going to respond. Yeah. Because I think that is hindering us in intimacy as well is you're so afraid of how that person's going to respond. Mm-hmm. So therefore you hold all these emotions inside and it starts to seep out. It's toxic. I think it's great to bring up the uh, the dynamic of romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. But then there's also like the platonic relationships. Sure. As well. And just as a side note. The thing about intimacy is that you don't just create it in the beginning of your relationship and right. then it lasts forever. Yeah. It's something that has to be constantly cultivated and yep. has to be continuously worked on because we're all people. We all experience stress. And sometimes intimacy or a lack of intimacy just comes from, you know, compartmentalizing your life and just running in one direction. And probably your your mind is so focused on work or your mind is so focused on a particular passion project or your mind is focused on your your mom who's sick and you forget to extend yourself to Mm, your partner yeah and so Jarrett and I always had honest conversations but there have been times in our lives where I would say I feel close to you but I don't feel close to you I don't feel like we're connecting Mm. and what's in the way of that because and he's even said to me like I feel great I feel like our connection is really great. So what's going on with you that you don't feel good about? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell him whatever it might be. And sometimes it's just how I receive love and mm. how I perceive him acting towards me. So I don't know. It's 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 good. It's always good to have like this open dialogue and communication. But when you're in a platonic relationship, doing that so often can be a little bit daunting because if it's just your friend you don't want to I don't want to really sit down with Danielle and just talk about how I just don't feel like she's and I are connecting and this is you know I don't Mm -hmm. those that's not necessarily something that I want to do all the time Um, and there's a lot of people who 
I just wouldn't consider doing that at all with. So my question is to you guys, like, how do you manage intimacy in your platonic relationships? Like, is this something that you find challenging or do you what what are your experiences there? I don't. I've been really lucky in that department in that I don't have a ton of friends, but the friends that I have, those relationships run extremely deep mm-hmm. and they're extremely intimate. Mm-hmm. And if we are arguing or having a disconnect, like I am all about having to sit down and sure. be like, hey, sure. Sure. what's happening? Like I like with my friends, I am so completely comfortable with that. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, you know, Jerry and I used to joke around and call these lemon squeeze moments where it's like we're getting ready to have maybe a little bit of a tough conversation. But. I don't know. There's something in the security that I have um, with the friendships that I have that the love will be there and we're just working through something, right? Sure. Like yeah. they're, they're going to be here, right? And so, you know, for me, I have no issue with sitting down and saying, hey, when this happened, like, I feel like, mm-hmm. are we missing each other here? Sure. Or like, you know, girl, did did I say yeah. something that offended you? And, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, I'm I'm very comfortable there. But again, it, it is showing up and being vulnerable and being able to have those conversations um my question would be because i think for someone listening you're saying you just have those relationships i think the question would be how like how did how were you able to meet some stranger and then now those relationships you know what i'm saying they don't run deep from jump street so well i think it's it's um everything is organic for me okay so i'm an introvert and i tend to not make a lot of new friends like right. I don't just pop up you know like hey this is my new friend and we're we're buddies right, you know right, what right. I mean my uh my best friend we've been best friends for 20 years most of my friends the people I've known that we're talking seven eight years so it's right. shared experiences mm-hmm. it's we're out we bonded we you know slowly start to get together and it just builds very gradually so that's how you built intimacy in those friendships so that it could run deep is these yeah sharing experiences yeah bonding with them over time and, and then for me and this is just the way that i like to function in relationships mm-hmm. um sometimes you go through really deep stuff together and like crisis type stuff or the and i am always of the persuasion like i want to know what's going on with you sure. in your life whether it's good bad or ugly yeah um and so walking with people through that also generates intimacy, you know, like when you guys mm-hmm. get through some things together or, you know, their mom was sick and I showed up or I was, you know, not doing so hot, you know, like yeah. just the doing of life. Yeah. Um, all of that stuff kind of kind of builds mm. builds that bedrock where then you can turn around and be like, I think I know enough about you and your character not to judge your intentions. And I know like I think there's a there's a grace that I give to my friends and my families yeah. that I don't have for my romantic relationships, which sure. is like, I trust you and I trust your heart for me. And I know you're not coming for me. So when I get mm-hmm. rid of that, we can just, we can have a conversation if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that makes a lot of sense. I imagine that with most people struggling with intimacy in your romantic relationships is not as, is more challenging than it is or I should I didn't say that right well having intimacy in your in your romantic relationships can be more challenging with it with friends because it sort of seems as if even with friends you may not have as much at stake for whatever reason no getting your heart broken 
just seems like sort of this, you know, when someone's not going to play safe with your heart sure. and um, you just have to, when you decide to give your heart to anybody, that's just, it's just a different level of, it is. Uh, and then there's the physical component of things. And there's yeah, lots of things in sure. romance. There, sure. there's are these levels that you don't really get to. Yeah, with, in a friendship with a platonic friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, you said something that I felt like was so important. The shared experiences. I'm a really 1, big proponent of 1, just like moments, and we're not. I'm not just referring to shared experiences like oh we all went to Six Flags, but moments where I can see that you're not doing well, and yeah. I'm gonna take the time to say hey what's really what's what's going on here sure now one thing about me is that i don't do that with everybody because listen i just i all most of my friendships are gradually slow growing Mm -hmm. friendships because i require like a lot of trust and because when i do make a friend i tend to keep that friend Mm -hmm. and and want to keep them in my life um and then you said showing up. And I love to show up for people, but I do have a definition of what showing up looks like. Sure. And then if if you if you can't really gel with that, then it's more than likely we're going to have more problems. So I think understanding mm-hmm. what it means for like what's important to your friend. Sure. We have uh some friends who are like really adamant about just if I text you, I really can't let you not text me back like knowing that about somebody Mm -hmm. and me i'm not a huge texter yeah i mean Mm -hmm. i might i might talk to you for like 20 minutes and then i might fall off Mm -hmm. on a text that's me for like and that wouldn't bother 48 hours and i'm just like oh i we just you know we stopped talking but it doesn't bother me but for some people that is just like the worst thing you could do or if we do have we have a lot of like artist friends and for some, it's like if you don't show up at my show, it is like devastating to them. And sure. then others, it's like not so much. And so I think you just got to know people and be willing to get to know. Like showing up means that you're willing mm-hmm. to be there for them in that moment. Um, yeah. So it's hearing what they're saying and yeah. then being willing to like bend on something that may not even be a priority to you. Sure. Like, yes. Meaning, I don't you're care like, if oh. you necessarily listen to my podcast. Like, that won't offend me right. as a friend. Exactly. But if it hurts your feelings that I'm not at your show and that you're telling me this, then I'm really going to need to make a concerted effort right. to show up, you know, in the way you need. It's that love language thing. It really, really what we're talking is love languages and ways that we sure. give and receive love. Absolutely. So but I think with for every relationship there, for intimacy to grow, there has to be a willingness and a desire for it. That's right. That's that's so you key. Know? I think, and I just, I like touching on the, the masculine aspect of it because I think it's something that needs to be talked about more. I've realized, and that you can, it's probably just because of conditioning. I've realized my guy friend's we actually bond without having to like sit down and have a deep conversation. Mm-hmm. Our sure. bonding is let's go do this together and then just do it together. But there's this this moment of I love you, bro. Once it's over, so there was I think there's a lot said and just I just need I want someone to do this with, and mm-hmm, you're yeah. you're somebody that I want to do this with. Mm-hmm. Now I had a men's brunch and a barbecue that Jared actually he's been to both. I mean Jared's been showing up and I just love seeing his face. Like when he walks through the door, it's just like awesome it's amazing i'm serious like that's i think for me that's intimacy of i'm excited that you're here i'm glad and whether we talk the whole time or not 
just you being there and your presence being there shows me that you're going to show up for me as a friend. And now we're closer. Now we spend time together doing the podcast. So our intimacy is growing and building in our relationship that's been going on now for almost close to eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's been in my life for some time. So what I'm realizing, too, and since we're talking about just, you know, straight relationships as, as far as like not romantic, it's like she said, it's shared experiences and someone just knowing you well enough that even though you may not sit down and have a heart to heart every time, they can just feel and vibe your energy and know like, you know, something's off today. Something's not right today. You even asking me like, hey, how are you doing with your breakup? Are you are you processing it? I don't have to say anything, but you could feel something from me without us having to sit down and have some deep heart to heart. I think that's still intimacy and being connected on a deeper level without having to use verbal words um, to communicate it. I guess my question is like, what do we do when you having when you're having issues cultivating intimacy in any relationship? Right. What do you do? Um, I mean, for me, for me personally, what I end up doing with with it is um, I just I look at myself and say, okay, how am I showing up or how am I not showing up? And then checking my behavior and the root cause of my behavior. Now, you can say this is deep, but I've just read so many books. I've talked to so many people and I know that it, it all of it reflects. And I have to think about myself and how what part I play in the equation. Right. And then go from there. Now, let's say in this relationship, A, in relationship A, I am used to freely giving, 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 but then in relationship B, I'm the I'm a taker. But relationship A and B should be mutual giving and taking. So something has to. Yeah, there's got to be reciprocity. Right. So I, I, what I've realized is I have to check out the dynamic and say, okay, wait, wait a minute. Am I only in this to like to push up and promote this person? And then if they try to give me something, I don't want to take it because I think the dynamic of the relationship is I'm the giver. You're not supposed to give to me. So then I, I block the advance of them trying to love on me. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa, where it's, where it's the other way around, where I'm so used to taking right that i don't even have the willingness to give because i've conditioned myself to just receive 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 and i think what you're saying as far as struggling is we can sometimes get top heavy or bottom heavy in our relationships depending on what it looks like sure this is going to sound really harsh but i think the first thing when there's a breakdown is really determining Mm -hmm. if the juice is worth the squeeze that is like the juice and sometimes and i mean that like sometimes what it's going to take is just not it's like i don't care about this relationship enough or this is not important enough to me sure to do the work that's going to be required to get the yield that i'm looking for sure you like everybody has you know i'm and this is no judgment on anybody else but i can't have 75 friends like i can't i can't i'm because the kind of friend that i am and the kind of friend that i expect you to be Mm -hmm. it it requires right Mm -hmm. um so there's that and then I think it's also you know we're always coming back to this but there's that level of self-awareness right Mm -hmm. what do I believe to be true and like what are the barriers here so for me what Mm -hmm. I know very clearly in my romantic relationships is I have a certain limiting belief about romance and about men in a romantic way that is not there with my family and friends if that makes sense so um so in romantic relationships a lot of times what happens is 
I believe that friends and family are forever and mm. men will kind of come and go like you they, you know what I mean in a romantic sense of that I'm makes just sense. so curious now so, I don't want to be Ayala but I'm like where does that where is that belief? You don't want to be Ayala, but not on your watch. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm just so curious where that belief. I think that's the aftermath of of heartbreak, and then you know the, when you get married, it's like in theory it should go forever. Sure, but it doesn't always. Right, and right, I guess right. what I see is a lot. But if he's becoming be family, what right? I see is a lot more of those relationships failing. Okay, in my personal life, the ones that believe forever. No, what I'm saying is romantic relationships. Sure. I see a lot more of those failing sure. than friendships in my life or family, like just my personal grid and experience. Okay. My family and friendships have been very kind of stable all the way through. Does right. that make sense? That does make sense. So I think that's, a, but it's a limiting belief and I am aware sure. that that's a barrier to intimacy sure. because I'm pretty much waiting for you to let the the bottom fall out on me, like I'm. Mm. You, do you know what I'm saying? You yeah. The and expectation you, you, is the worst instead of sure. Because to me, it's like if you keep it real and you prepare yourself and understand like what it is, then that's. But it, that's, it's not, I mean, God, I don't, I don't know what it would be like to be in a relationship with you because I'd always feel like you've got one foot in and one foot out. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what it's like to be in a relationship with me, but mm-hmm. I do know, um, I do know post a good heartbreak. I definitely know that there's a, there's some parts of me that are just a little more. Sure. Cause to me, it's like, yeah, I put it all on the line. I did that. That did not work well at all. Sure. And I take responsibility. Sure. Right. And, and let's be clear, like me and my ex have like worked through things. We're fine. Like we have a, I'm, I'm on good terms with all of my exes okay. I don't believe in like bashing or any of that right. but that heartbreak navigating through heartbreak and just all of that mm-hmm. the takeaway for me was was like we're not trying to do this ever again so like this part I, I know I'm, I'm diving in I'm digging here but, so for someone who's listening right now and they are they're going through a breakup and they felt like I gave everything to this man or woman and now they're they're in the process of breaking up through your lesson and through your own self-awareness and evaluation and they now feel like you know I learned from that what do you what would you say to them as far as how to look at now and moving forward in relation romantic relationships listen I'm trying to figure it out but but the takeaway that I have thus far yeah is is that you have to try again hopefully you apply okay. a little more wisdom yeah hopefully you take the lessons you learned yeah um what i will say is heartbreak has a a beautiful way because i'd never had my heart broken up until um this last relationship it has made me much more tender and careful with the men that i date and that i'm with because i know what it feels like now and so um i try to be very honest like there's definitely been fruit to that right um but the thing with love and all of that and when you're dealing with somebody else is you can't account for what they're doing so you show up you apply the best wisdom that you can and then there's that part where you just have to be open and that's it there's no formula and that is scary for me hey guys danny here As promised, this is a little bit of a backstage pass into the date I went on for the social experiment we talked about in the earlier segment. 
I was out on a date with a guy by the name of TJ Wilkins. He was wonderful and we had a really great time. So you'll be hearing from both of us on our feedback two weeks later. In addition to that, you'll also be hearing from Drea and Jared, who also did the experiment and their thoughts about how it went. So check it out. We hope you guys enjoy. And TJ, you are a champ for doing this. His feedback was actually provided via voice memo because he's traveling. So it's coming straight from Italy. Now the two weeks have passed since uh, the social experiment. My impression of the experiment um, is one that really kind of brings a lot of fondness to mind, mainly because I had such a great time. I definitely didn't know what to expect, but I thoroughly enjoyed being able to get to know Danielle um, in that first meeting and learn some really interesting things about her, as well as learn some interesting things about myself. Having been thrust into a situation that really forces you to be open and honest and uh, as transparent as possible on the first meeting of someone. And I really enjoyed it. I think that the experiment uh, was very effective in um, sort of breaking the ice uh, between two perfect strangers, but also I thought that it was uh, very uh, effective in really kind of getting people out of their comfort zone and getting them to step outside of, you know, the norms of what, you know, uh, a first date looks like. With a little time out from the social experiment, I would have to say that my commentary doesn't really change much other than the fact that I continue to be pleasantly surprised. Um, I think that this was an incredible icebreaker. And so the conversations that we have based on the rapport that we set the first date really have kind of changed the color. So if I just had to give it a quick summation, I guess I would say two weeks later, I'm surprised. I expected it to go very differently than it has. And, you know, for me, that's that's pretty cool because, you know, I tend to be a little bit more of a pessimist, y'all. You know this. My thoughts about Danielle now versus then. Oh, gosh, I would have to say my thoughts about Danielle now are really no different than the thoughts that I had about her then. Um, when I upon first meeting her, first of all, I thought she was a very beautiful woman. But aside from that, I learned that she was very caring very smart. She seemed to have a real great sense of who she was and a sense of direction, which I admired beyond words. And uh, after our meeting, um, having kept in contact with her, a lot of those things that I thought about her were just reaffirmed and uh, reinforced within our conversations that we've had since then. Uh, And I definitely look forward to getting to know her even more uh, as I had a great time really being able to uh, to step inside of her world and 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 uh, get some insight to who she is uh, beyond the surface my thoughts about TJ then versus now so first impressions uh, he had a very nice smile he is very tall Um, And he seemed very kind and I don't know if the right word is jolly, but inviting. 
So when we met initially, I was like, okay, I felt comfortable. So that was a good thing because he was a complete stranger. Uh, Two weeks later, I've only learned more about him, but that continues to be true. So his values, his character, his integrity, the things that he finds important, all of those things are kind of being colored in a different way. But I felt like the infrastructure was kind of set that day. So now there's a lot of really cool additional developments and details, but he's a very cool guy, a very nice guy. He seems very kind. Um, Lots of the important character, integrity, personality stuff that you look for in a person, he definitely seemed to possess, and that continues to be reinforced in our conversations. The most interesting part of (laughs) the experiment Aside from meeting Danielle for literally the first time, uh, I definitely have to say the conversation was extremely interesting, but also the moment where you have to, where you, I think it was like for four minutes, you had to look into the eyes of your partner. My goodness, that was probably the most interesting thing because uh, I know a lot of times we tend to use conversation as a way of kind of breaking awkward silence or you know really kind of keeping keeping things uh um alive i guess because our silence was very focused and there was a goal that needed to be achieved uh by staring into one another's eyes for four minutes i still don't know what it was supposed to accomplish but i do know that it was very intense at one moment we were very locked into one another And needless to say, a load of thoughts, you know, were kind of going through my mind, ranging from, you know, the the things that we had covered and the the questions that we asked of one another to wondering what she was thinking about me, Um, you know, kind of being able to look into like her soul a little bit that was like that was really intense by far the most interesting part of the experience was the moment where after we had answered all these like deeply intimate questions we had to stare each other in the eyes silently for four minutes until you have done that with someone especially a complete stranger you have no idea how unnerving that can be and once we got past the giggling and like joking around and blinking Uh, probably about a minute and a half or so in, we just kind of tuned into each other. And it was very intimate in a way that is kind of hard to explain. But the best adjective I can give for the eye staring part was intense. It's very intense. And I felt like there was a communication that was happening between the two of us that was kind of solidifying the things that we had talked about. But then also... There were other things being said through our communication. Very strange, guys, but intense. That's the only word I can use to to kind of describe what that was. My thoughts and impressions moving forward. I would have to say my thoughts about moving forward is I'm definitely going to continue to keep in contact with Danielle and uh, continue to get to know her. I've become very intrigued by... uh, (laughs) by the person that she is and the, you know, intrigued by the different dimensions of her that uh, 
she, we discussed um, in that first meeting. And I look forward to getting to kind of see those different dimensions in person again and more often. You know, I'm still a, a little, I guess, lost in terms of like in this really like interesting like place of like wonderment um, after the uh, after the experiment because it really was so cool. And in talking to her, I felt like I had known her for a very long time. I even though we literally had just met that day um, to find out that we connected on so many things on so many levels and had a lot of the same ideals and stuff was pretty was pretty spectacular so um, I look forward to kind of getting to know her more um, spending a little bit more time and hey who knows what happens but uh, overall I enjoyed the experience it was something that I'm still talking about to this day and it's become quite the conversation piece in uh, in circles ranging from you know my close friends to uh, colleagues on set and in the studio and uh, yeah I'm, I've definitely been talking about this quite a bit because it was just some uh, a really dope experience to say the least so this experiment has been really good for me for a lot of reasons I am looking forward to getting to know TJ better we've definitely communicated since our initial outing and I hope that that continues to to take place he is uh, very very kind very smart um, very very smart and I really appreciate that we converse really well we have a lot of the same views on things and to find out how many similarities we have has been really, really kind of interesting and a little uncanny. So in one respect, I think, okay, I got pretty lucky with the guy that I got hooked up with and we just happen to have a lot of things in common. But there is also the other side of things, which is that had we not been doing that social experiment, I never would have ventured into the places that I did. That experiment required both of us to come with a level of openness and letting our guards down that for me would never take place um, that early on. I tend to always have this idea that relationships and intimacy have to be developed very slowly over time um, and you have to make people earn your trust along the way. And with him, because I came in with the mindset that this is a social experiment and I want to be committed to it and I'm going to be open and just do whatever the experiment has asked of me, my guards came down very early. We went very deep, very quickly. And because of that, there's a certain level of comfort and freedom that I think both of us have in interacting with each other because we know a lot of stuff about each other. So we walked away. I know I for sure did walked away feeling like I kind of know him. So now the conversation is like, it's familiar in a way that is very interesting for somebody that I've only known two weeks. So my takeaway is that those limiting beliefs that I was talking about earlier, I really need to combat those a, a little bit differently because I met an incredible guy who I probably wouldn't have gotten to know because I wouldn't have been open enough. So being open is a, is a good thing. And, and, um, yeah, I think this was this was good for me and I'm really glad that I saw it through. So, who knows? We'll see, guys. But all in all, this was an amazing experiment and I'm so glad 
I got to share it with you. Hey guys, it's Drea and Jarrett Johnson, who I married a few years ago, and we decided that we wanted to get in on that 36 questions action. Drea decided I just came along for the ride. Yeah, and I'm so glad you did, because was it a fun ride or what? It was a ride. Listen, okay, so these 36 questions are clearly for people who don't know each other. The increasing levels of intimacy are probably pretty intimate if you have just met for the first time. But what we discovered was, well, I'll say what I discovered versus speaking for you. Is that cool? Go for it. What we discovered was we sort of knew these things about each other, right? You Did you learn anything new? I learned very little new things about my wife as... We've been together for almost 14 years. I mean, obviously, there will be a lot of things that I will obviously continue to hone and and improve upon as a husband because it's never a destination. Rather, it's a journey that we continue until the very end. But it's not even just like you being a good husband. It was just more of, you know, what's your perfect day? Who would you invite? It did make for interesting conversation at some point. I think I learned like that you care about family a lot. I knew that, but it was nice to hear you talk about it for sure. Anyway, it's fun. It's just not what we expected for each other. Not nearly as enlightening as it would. Yeah, yeah, that's a better way to say it. Two complete strangers. Mm -hmm. I even tried to pretend we were strangers. It didn't really work. No. She knows <laughs> she knows too much. I know too much. That's why we must stay together. <laughs> Recent. Okay. Recent. Okay, you can try and jump in on this if okay. you want to. Ready? Recent revelations. Wow. That is the first time we have a man on the recent revelations. Oh my God. I just needed to stop so I could hear it. Yes. That was awesome. (laughs) We had a little duet going, Brandon. I'm so happy. Recent revelations. What are your aha moments, guys? Aha. That was it right there. Aha. Mine is that I could hop in on the recent revelations. It felt great. Good job. It felt awesome. I feel very accomplished. Episode three. As you should. We're, we're it's a doing moment it. Time. It's a moment in history so right now. Happy for you. Um, <laughs> I just want to thank my mom. Mm. I want to thank the Academy. Mm. Sure. Um, I want to thank Danny, Andrea, and thank Jared for um, just believing in me that I could just hop in there at the right time. Because you know how hard it is to hop? Totally. To just hop to get right in there. <laughs> the jump up. The jump up. And over. It's just crazy. Thank y'all. Have a good night. Nice. So, that's mine. I'll, I'll accept it. Trey Day. <laughs> I'll accept it. I don't really know. Dre Day, that's her name now? Any, that's that's one of my be, many, Dr. many monikers. Dr. Drea. One of the many monikers. There we go. What have I realized? I don't know. I mean, I think that I need to do a face mask. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I should change okay. up my skin regime. You should use some. You should use some I coconut told you, oil. honey, we'll go to Sephora. Like, or we'll go. Coconut we'll oil go. Works. You know, you better stop. Coconut you better oil drop is it with life. this coconut, coconat oil oil is life. coconut oil is life. Hashtag coconut oil is life. Like. You ain't about that life, son. About Order that it life. from Amazon. Put on everything. I just don't know. I just don't know what my recent revelation is. That's okay. 
Let me think about it. Come back to me. You know how you skip me? Come back to you. That's fine. A little back and forth. Uno out. Might spark some inspiration. Sure, sure, sure. Tell me something. Tell me something good. Tell Tell me something good. Nope, not that timing. Listen, I love that song. We're not there yet. We're going to get that. We're going to, yeah. We're going to get connected. We're going to be intimate. Um, My recent revelation is that I want to do a better job of like having a look. I don't have a look. Mm. And some of my friends have looks. Mm, But okay. I feel like some of the people, you have a look, Brandon. I have very jazzy and like, I'm not saying that I... No. I have these great socks. Yeah, I don't know. Socks you know, strong. I'm thinking trade. of like one Jamel Holden. Like there are people I'm mm. thinking where it's just like they have looks. It is like all mm. them. And I just wonder what my look would be through clothing. Like I kind of don't really have I think one. it's sassy. Sassy? I don't know what sassy is. It's just sassy. I actually hate the term sassy. FYI. Oh, I think sassy is fun. Yeah. yeah. Sassy? That sounds like a Sass- Texan thing. But sassy fits... She's, yeah, she's she's very sassy. She's sassy. I'm sassy. You're sassy. Saying, it sounds like you're talking to a five year old. Oh, I'm not I mean, Miss Sass, little sass mouth. Miss Sass But this, it reminds but no, me of I those know. blogs that are like single, sassy, and sanctified. You know, and talking about sassy and fun, family, 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 faith, and fitness. I just always wonder, Stop with like, the alliteration. you know how you look at yourself and you think one thing like I think oh, of yeah. myself as as the the girl with her with, who loves the books the introvert kind of nerdy border like who can be frumpy that's from like, time to time like if that makes Chuck's sense jeans, does that make sense like kind of mm-hmm. um and it's interesting see, it's interesting to see what people think of you yeah does that make sense sure like I don't let's do a poll Trey, okay, we what keep are you doing this? I'll tell you what I think. I don't you, know why we're. I on think the same you put it really well together. Vibration. I love. Today. I love your your whole feel. Mm, these and striped socks, this leopard print head wrap, this hoodie. No, but even small, like your shorts, this Candy Crush cut off shirt, in your combat. Sweat, like, what is this look? Put I a quilt just love on it. it. Put a quilt down. This guy has a very debonair thing going on about him. It's got a fitted leather jacket, fitted oh. leather a with a button shirt, up and a hat, slim fit pant. Not pants with. Meanwhile, an S. I have on leggings and a V neck because because you're because. a you're um sporty and sassy. <laughs> sporty spice. Sporty. Oh, if you can see Dre's shoulders, I'm not. My shoulders are always out of control. <laughs> oh god. Sporty and sassy. Fun I don't energy. know. Try it at home, guys. Sporty and sassy. Your shoulders will move. They we're will we're move. gonna find it. I'm gonna figure out my look. Oh my god, so fun. We should get the stylist. We get a stylist. That'll be fun times. Talk to I Brooks. Have a few, Talk to I have a few uh, people they, in mind. They, Brooks Proctor. I really have two people. Oh, but poor a few Brooks. He gets thrown into everything, though. But yeah. he's such a he's he's dope at what he does. That's no, what he does. When you're so Shout great. out Square he Bear. Does. I do wear Square Bear. That's a fact. Shout out the Square Bear all day. As do you. We all wear Square Bear. Actually. All day. Yeah. Again, though, back dope. to the square, back to the nerd, back to the that yeah. is in like, line. I it identify. Is. Yes, I will. You should just be the yes, brand ambassador. You'd be a great brand ambassador. Thank you. Can we just you guys? Let's close out. Okay. All right. This was this was fun. Um, Got deep. Yeah. And then we ended. I feel so close to you guys. <laughs> I'm so glad that we're fostering uh, into me Into me Hey guys, tell us how well are you doing with intimacy in your relationships? What are your struggles? Listen, 
What are the triumphs? Share some jewels with us because we're all trying to figure this thing out. Mm -hmm. Tell us what you thought about our interviews, how Dre and I did in our intimacy challenge, if you will. I hope I won. We won. <laughs> You're definitely going to win, honey. I'm going on a on a date with a stranger. I don't even know what winning looks like. Okay, fine. Okay. Um, listen, this has been this has been awesome, guys. Brandon, thanks for joining us. Come on now, appreciate y'all. It's always fun to have you around. It's always fun to have you my around, family. Drea. You're my creative counterpart. Mm. Love you. Respect you. You're so Respect. special. You're so special. I appreciate you. Cousin, a.k.a. Jared Johnson. Bring in the magic. A.k.a. all that is good in this world. Listen, pixie dust. Oh, my goodness. On deck. Yeah. And our mamas. Gotta uh, love the mamas. Gotta love our mamas. Or they will text us. Mm. All day. And tell us what. You guys, are, you guys are the best. Uh... Yeah, we did this thing. That's that's number three. Wine and whiskey in the can. In the can. Johnson's and Alexander. Out. Out.